Welcome to the Williamstown Church of Christ podcast. This is a sermon recording from one of our Sunday worship gatherings. We meet every Sunday at 10am on the corner of John Street and Douglas Parade, and we'd love to meet you. For more information, head to our website, willychurch.org.au. Enjoy and God bless you. So we are going to hear some stories or testimonies or interviews, however you like to frame and phrase that, um, of faith this morning. And we've um, last few weeks of, of Mark, faith has been a theme. Um, Megan preached on faith over fear. We, we then saw that Jesus is more powerful than, than demons and the, the darkness and demonic. And we then saw that Jesus is more powerful than sickness and death. And then last week, we took a break, and we were in Hebrews 11 and looked at faith. And so we're going to spend some time hearing stories of faith today. And so faith, we looked at last week, if you were here, is active and is relational and is dependence on Jesus, is looking to Jesus as we run the race, the fun run. That is, is life, which can be, can be really hard, but our coach, our captain, our trainer, our performance-enhancing specialist, Stephen Dank, um, all of the above is, is Jesus, and he helps us with the race. So, so that is faith, and we're going to share stories of faith, of, of discipleship, because discipleship is how we exercise faith. Following Jesus is how we... We live in active, dependent relationship with him. And so Charlie Aitken is going to join me and give him a hand. You've got a mic, I've got a mic. Let's sit on the stools to be cool. So, we've chatted about faith before, Charlie, but I was wanting to know as a young guy, what does faith and living out that journey of faith in your time? So I know you you work at Macca's, you go to all the victory games, or most of them. Um, away trips too. Away trips to Adelaide and Sydney too. You're going to the World Cup this year in Russia. So that's some of what you do with your time. But how do you use your time or your the practices in your day, your sort of lifestyle? How? Does faith integrate with that? And, and what's your sort of, what do your days look like when it comes to faith? Um, so yeah, with my practices, um, I set the um, Bible app um, daily verse notification for 8am. And so that way it prompts me in the morning um, just to get into it and spend time with God. Um, and yeah, it's amazing how often that passage is relevant for um, what I'm looking for um, at the time. And then, um, yeah, I'll normally pray over the passage, so... Sounds a bit weird, but I'll pray with my eyes open and whatever's in the passage, I'll pray for that. Um, Yeah, so words to love neighbour or something like that. So I'll just pray over the passage and for the things in it. And then another practice I've been trying to do is um, carrying on from the New Year's uh, Eve service um, is just thanking God um, at the start or end of the day um, just for everything like... um, yeah, we're, even if I'm a bad day, it really puts things into context. Um, just thanking him for everything. Um, simple as just things like chairs or clothes or you know, things we can take for granted. Um, 
And then, yeah, so one other practice I've uh, gone into is um, I've become a bit of a house, house mum at the moment because I've deferred from uni, so in all the chores. But, um, yeah, I try to listen to worship music when I'm doing the cleaning, so that way it can turn something, I guess, not so nice into something nice. And, yeah, just change my mood a bit, I guess. That's so good. So it sounds like, you know, when I first met you, I would have said you are a devoted Victory fan, a fantastic Maccas employee, and they're like weekly practices, or if you get some more shifts, which we're praying for, hopefully like daily practices at Maccas, or like five times a week or something, but every day, the thing that actually shapes you most must be that you read the Bible at 8am every day, you listen to worship music, you pray, that's so cool. And is it true that you are on some sort of wicked streak on the Bible app? Yeah. Not to brag, I am up to 110. <laughs> 110 days. There's, but I've got a lot of time, so there's no excuse. <laughs> so there's a Bible app. If you've got a smartphone, if you search Bible, the first app um, is is Uversion, it's called. And they um, they track you how many, if you log in every day. And so Charlie's been on the Uversion Bible app 110 days in a row. So that's pretty wicked. So as a young guy, you know, you could be on Facebook, you could be going out with your friends and obviously do, do some of those things some of the time. But why is why are those practices the things that you sort of prioritise as the most common things in your week or the bits that are actually daily in your life? Um, yes, I prioritise them because, um, probably bottom line, because I love Jesus and, yeah, and I love him more than social media um, and all those things. And, and he's a mate, so, like, I, I, like, you want to get to know him and spend time with him. Um, yeah, so, and probably the other thing is, um, I guess you can never be fully nourished from um, social media or where it's going out with mates and having a few beers or whatever it is. Um, but whenever you, um, yeah, when you drink from the um, water of God, then your thirst will be quenched. So, wow. so yeah, that's probably why I prioritise uh, that over other things. Amen. Tweet that. If anyone's, you know, on Twitter, you can only be nourished from the Word of God. That's so good. And so then how do you see these habits or practices shaping you in your, like, faith journey? If this is some sort of fun run that's for our whole life and, and we're training so we can run the race, how, how do these practices or habits shape you? Um, yeah, these habits probably... So they build my faith, I'd say, and they make me stronger. Um, yeah, so probably when I hit the snags in life, um, can deal with them a bit better. Um, yeah, probably just more faithful, I guess. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much. Why don't you give Charlie a hand? Just wait, wait here for a second. But that's really cool stuff. We, we want to be encouraging everyone into to spiritual practices, but I think for young people especially... There's, there's so much in our culture trying to pull your time and energy and awareness. And so just spend those daily habits and, and sort of rituals by meeting with Jesus is so cool. Of course, none of this is in your own strength and, and we don't want to encourage people into to practices. And you have to do this um, like some sort of forced exercise. But if this is a journey, if this is a, a race, then we want to hold on to Jesus and meet with him as much as possible. So that's really cool. Thanks for sharing. I'm just going to pray for you quickly now. If you want to stretch out a hand to pray for Charlie.
feel free. Thank you, God, for Charlie that he's willing to share today. I pray he keeps sustaining him in his, his walk, his run, his race of life with you at the centre and at the, the front, directing him and guiding him. Would you be with him and, and keep shaping him and, and nurturing and growing his faith? Amen. Thanks, heaps. I'll grab the mic. I'm going to ask Jason Anderson now to wheel over to centre stage. Give him a hand. Don't go too fast. I've seen you in the street. It can get. It can get very exciting. I'll hold your mic for you, Jace. So this is Jason. I think a lot of us have met him, but maybe not everyone. So this is Jason, our friend and committed member of the church. And Jason and I have been chatting a bit about faith as well. And this discussion is going to be more about how Jesus is, is in the midst of our pain and suffering. And Jesus has suffered quite a bit, um, but he, he's amazing at um, perspective. And he's telling me the other day, there's no, he said, there's some great ways to help you with perspective, but one of the best ways is SBS. They're always offering a different perspective, and, and Jace likes to, to be a bit of an SBS, um, offering different perspectives as, as he thinks through life. So, my first question for you, Jace, is just tell us a little bit about some of the pain you've experienced over the last sort of year or so. Not all of us might be aware. Um, um, my. Uh MS has, um, has done its magic and I'm getting to the stage where I have trouble. I can't hold the book, I can't um, hold my mobile phone. I really can't do a lot, but um, just, I, I feel I feel like I'm really not as good as like, for instance, Charlie. I don't read my daily readings, I don't, I do terrible prayers. My prayers are just awful and very average, and so I'm always, um, always feeling like I'm, I'm just doing the best I can. And I keep reminding myself that there are people in worse position than I am, and so that's where I always come up with perspective. Mm. Um, you know, Katie, Katie will talk about she needs this shade of nail polish and I'll go, yes, well actually on SBS we've just watched a little child um, drown and uh, is on the beach. But truly, your, your nail polish is so much more important. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, that's on the perspective. So I'm always, always saying to Katie, perspective. <laughs> I'm always reminding myself, perspective. Yeah. So. And that's fantastic as well for that we are, we do engage with Jesus in different ways and this is a fun run we run together. And so some of us need to be carried more at different times and we've, we've chatted that in, as your pain and suffering has sort of just gotten worse and worse, it's really hard to have hope and feel like, oh, Jesus has got me. Yet, you've had faith in Jesus through it all, not necessarily that it's going to get better, but that he's your friend and he's with you still. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I, um, look, I don't spit the dummy and say, that's it, God, 
uh, it's over with us, you're not doing anything for me. But I'm always just sort of, sort of um, saying, look, God, can we just take a break? I'm not going to go to church this week. I'm not going to um, pray about how good a job you're doing because I reckon it really sucks. But I'm, I'm hanging in there, so I'll uh, touch base with you in a week or two. So yeah, yeah. I'm always, I'm always hoping that uh, things will get better. So. Mm. As the Psalms are full of uh, prayers that are like that, like, God, what's, what's going on? <laughs> this is crazy. And yet still talking to him in that space um, is, is really cool. And I've heard that you've, you've turned a bit of a corner, though, in the last few months, maybe the new year, and had some sort of realisations about um, the importance of community. In, in your faith life and you said to me so, too much solitude is, is just not good for the soul so tell me just a bit about that and how community helps you in your faith um, look I, I don't I try to um, I try just to literally get out of bed I try to head down the street for a cup of coffee I try to mingle as, as much as I can um, I find it really, really hard sometimes. I just don't feel like doing or saying anything, but I just get up and I just go through the motions. Um, and uh, I, there's always this, there's always this um, feeling of, no, this is going to get better. Just hang in there. Um, and it just, I don't know. It, um, Jesus gets me through each day. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Give him a hand. That's so fantastic. That community helps us sort of see Jesus when we almost can't and have hope when we can't. And we were saying last week that, that faith is this real tension between is it hope, fervent hope that, that you know, I'm going to be healed or it's going to come to pass, or is it contentment that God is good in everything, and yet faith means we look to the new creation as our true hope and destination. So I'm going to pray for Jace now, and sometimes we do pray for a miracle, but sometimes we don't, because that can get exhausting. Um, so we're not going to pray for a miracle today, we're just going to pray that God be with Jace, and we know, because we have faith, that Jesus is going to heal all of us one day whether in this life or the next, in the new creation, we're all going to be healed. There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more tears. I'm going to pray that, that Jesus would carry Jace on this race through till there. So let's pray. And you can stretch out a hand again if you like. We thank you, Jesus, for our mate, Jace. We thank you that just hearing some of his pain puts our pain in perspective. We thank you for his faithfulness to this community and to you through real trauma and suffering that he's had to endure. And yet, by a miracle of you, God, it's through you and it's through your community that he's able to endure and keep going. Would you be with him and strengthen him to endure and keep going till the day that you make his body new? Amen.
Thanks so much, Jace. That was fantastic to hear from you. Give him another hand, and <laughs> Megan is going to take over now. Thank you, Jace. I'm lucky. Um, I have the privilege now of welcoming up here Gary and Sylvia. Come on up, Gary and Sylvia. Um, if you had the chance to get to know these guys, um, they've been worshipping with us now two summers in a row. Um, Gary and Sylvia, come and sit down, guys live in Norwich in the east of England and um, are leaders uh, working in their church, St Thomas, an Anglican church, a really vibrant, big Anglican church, um, leaders in finance, accounts, that, that area, um, in their church. But um, over this past summer, um, yeah, Lockie and I have particularly been just so encouraged by having you guys as part of our worshipping community. And we're about to send these guys back to Norwich um, for the year, and then they'll be visiting again next summer because Gary and Sylvia have a daughter and three grandchildren living in Seven. Is that right? So these guys are kind of living as servants of Jesus in two parts of the world. Um, and because you have um, another daughter in England, you're back in England for the rest of the year and serving and living out the call of discipleship there. But before you head back, we just wanted to hear a little bit from you guys. Um, a little bit about um, what has following Jesus been looking like recently for you as you've been here over the summer, spending time with family, um, looking to refresh in Jesus, but also I know you've been behind the scenes working for your church a little here and there while you've been in Melbourne as well. Just share with us something of your journey over the past couple of months. Um, what has discipleship to Jesus been looking like for you both? Love to hear. I can't say anything massive faith-wise has happened particularly, but uh, it's, uh, it's quite interesting when you go away from home. I don't know if people find it on holiday and such like. You're out of your routine, and therefore you kind of don't get up in the morning and pray like you normally would and all that kind of stuff. So it's very easy to kind of uh, get lost in it, if you like. But we, um, when we first, just to say a little bit about the church, we came past uh, two years ago, or whenever it was, walking past to go for coffee, and uh, we heard the worship coming out of this place, and that was what drew us. You know, it was just beautiful, and it just suddenly felt like, yeah, we've got to come back next week because this is home, and we still feel that it's absolutely beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful church, and we do feel very much at home here. Thank you. Um, I think for, for me, um, coming here is like a sanctuary because it's taken us out of. Um, the busyness of uh, being back home and um, it, it gives you the opportunity to reflect um, perhaps we all should there should be perhaps a mandate that everybody takes 40 days of every year to go to the desert to, to work out you know, a few things for us this is very much a season of, of reflection and um, it's re-evaluating where, where we are all the time which I think uh, the Gospels will show that you know, Jesus is always assessing and evaluating in this situation every time. And so this gives us that space to do this. And I'd um, love to hear as well, um, as, as a couple who've come and, and been part of this community and seen this community of faith through you know, some change and um, some season of great growth, particularly over the last 12, 18 months. Um, 
What have you been observing about us? What are the things you've picked up about this church? You guys have a freshness that some of us who've been around longer do not. What are some of the things you've noticed and, um, and been seeing in this church community um, in your times with us? Um, the, the, one of the things that you have as a church is you have a lovely gift of welcoming people. And that is, I think, a really important thing to have. The other thing is, is that you have so much potential here. And, um, you know, we go to a church of about 600 um, turn up on a Sunday. 600, 650. It's not so much about numbers. It's about, you know, what's in the heart and the journey that we take. We are part of an HTB church plant from, from the city. And... Um, and you know, we've got a, you know, we've got Nicky Gumbel coming, I think, I don't know whether it's this weekend or next weekend, um, to come up to our church and just spend a day with us. Um, so we're very much ingrained into the, to the DNA of, um, of HTV. And, and what you have here is that, um, when I was thinking about it this morning, um, you have a great potential to move onwards and forwards. And if you look through the Bible, it, it seems to be this theme of twos, right? And you've got Megan, you've got Lockie here. You've got Jesus and John. I'm sure they were great mates together. You've got, it started off with Adam and Eve. There's this theme and Timothy and Paul. And, and you have a great team here, which I think we need to recognise. You know, there's the potential to go out there and and, um, uh, and meet the needs of the community. And I think it's just an observation that, is that you know you two guys are amazing in that you rub the right things at the right time to make it happen. And that's a key essential part. In our church we've got two vicars, couple of three vicars. Um, the two vicars um, rub each other correctly in the right way and bring a wonderful shape to the church and the community. So we only, our church owns a pub. The only church in England that owns a pub. We bought the pub next store. We turned it into a cafe, bistro, restaurant type thing. And, you know, so you could do the same here. The potential is, is amazing. And, um, and so I think to encourage you, uh, you know, just as an outsider looking in, what you have here is you have all the ingredients to, to make this church move onwards and forwards in, in, in a wonderful way. Just add that I think one of the strengths here is that everybody is part of it. It's very much a body church, we feel, which is easier actually in a small church as well. And there's a lovely feel that people are, all belong here and they're all part of it. And, um, and I think one of the things that really we thought was amazing that so many people came towards us a year on and knew our names. <laughs> it was just it was just heartwarming and uh, thank you for that. And even though we've moved to Burberry, 
which is quite a distance now. We've tried a few churches in Merripi, and I've got to say, we decided that here was home. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I didn't necessarily expect you to say all those things. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for what you've imparted just now. Let's pray for these guys. God, we thank you for um, your body, uh, the church that is all around the world, rising up to be your presence, your hands or feet in a world so hungry for meaning and purpose um, and life. Thank you for Gary and Sylvia. Thanks so much, God, that you've called them to serve the church in Norwich and you've called them to be there and present there and leading there and call them also to be here for part of the time with their daughter, with their grandchildren, with us. And we praise you and thank you for their presence over the summer here. Thank you and uh, praise you for their encouragement just now and what they've spoken over our church, God. The, um, the affirmation for all you're doing, Father, in this place and this special church that this is, God. And um, we pray your blessing on these guys as they go. Keep them in your word. Keep them in step with your spirit as they head back to what sounds like quite a big load of um, overseeing in their church and their staff capacity um, and using their gifts to extend your kingdom in that corner of the world. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gary and Sylvia. Let's give them a hand. been so encouraging. Our last story Sunday um, testimony is going to be Talia. So come on up, Talia. Give her a hand. Give her a welcome. Come and sit in the middle here, Talia, so we're not too far away. Us, us ladies don't mind, you know, a bit more into it. So Charlie and Lockie just had a bit of distance, but not with us. So, um, so great to have you up here, Talia. God's been working in your life in some really cool ways and directing you, guiding you. Um, into a little new season that you've headed into. Tell us a bit about how God's been guiding you through, in some ways, kind of a wilderness times. Tell us a bit about how that's been real for you. Um, <laughs> wow. It's been very confusing at times. Um, don't really know which direction... Didn't really know which direction he was pulling me in. Um, but... I came here spending time with the family, um, was working here and there, decided I'd like to stay and tried to explore different ways of staying, really. Um, found myself a beautiful job, they were willing to sponsor me, um, that didn't really work out, just technical stuff. Um, and then it was left with five months to go and had to make a very quick plan <laughs> if I wanted to stay in Australia. So I've been praying, the family's been praying, everyone I know has pretty much been praying um, and just kind of keeping the faith that something will work out. Um, I'm trying to be the kind of person who says, it's your will, I'll go wherever you need me. Um, and he's definitely shown his face in my life because I'm now a full-time employee and a full-time student. Um, <laughs> so, and it's just reignited because I'm studying early childhood education. It's just reignited 
a passion for children that I've always had, but kind of took a back seat since I've been in Australia. But God's just reopened my eyes, I guess, to the little ones. So great. Um, in the process of that, um, like all of us on we're discerning and seeking God, um, you know, there's different things that we pick up, different practices, different rhythms. What are some of those rhythms that connect you to God and help you stay in that walk, that hard walk that sometimes discipleship can feel like? What are some of those things in your life, the regular practices or rhythms? Look, I try to read as much of the Bible as that I can. I've got the app on my phone. I get all the notifications. I'm not going to lie and say I open all of the notifications. I do my best, <laughs> but I'm not on a winning streak like Charlie. Um, I think my last streak was 12 days in a row. <laughs> Something. Um, but I do, every time I get in the car, I play my Christian music. I play my worship um, I sing very loudly and very badly, um, but there's no one there to really judge me, and I'm sure God appreciates it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's food for the soul, mine at least. Um, it's, it just feeds me. If I'm having a bad day, I'll play her song, I'll read or something, and it'll just completely light my mood. It'll put me back into the zone, I guess. It'll, encourage me to say a prayer and say, oops, sorry, or please, I need help. Um, having family is also a very, very big blessing um, because there's always that support system. So if there is a tough day, even more so if there's a happy day, we share that as a family. And that's a practice that I'm practicing, is to actually communicate and share with the family and get their input on you know, just that support structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, we started speaking about Alpha in church about three or four weeks ago and um, straight away Talia said, I want to do Alpha. So I'd love to hear, um, as we're heading towards launching Alpha after Easter, um, about four weeks, what has drawn you to Alpha? Why are you signing up to do it? What kind of draws you to, to do Alpha? I've started it. I've completed one Alpha course back in South Africa. It was quite a few years ago. Um, and then I started one when I first came here. And, you know, life kind of got in the way. It was a bit of a distance from home. Um, I really enjoyed the ones that are, the sessions that I went to. And I was very disappointed that I didn't continue. I couldn't continue. Um, so when I heard that it was, you know, you guys were running an alpha course, I kind of got very excited. It gives me the opportunity to, to continue and carry on. And I've met a few people who have had their lives changed by having their eyes opened at an alpha course. So I, f- I think that it, it's quite a The environment, it's not all staunch Christian people who were brought up in a Christian home. It's people from all different walks of life. And I think that's a very big attraction. It's because it doesn't matter where you come from. If you believe, if you're a believer, God wants you. Even if you're not, he wants you. Um, and that's, that's a big thing that they focus on, I guess. 
Let's pray for Talia now. God, we thank you for our sister in Christ, Talia. Thank you that she has been following you, Jesus, and, and looking to yeah, surrender her own agenda, um, but say, you know, Jesus, not my will, yours be done. I thank you, Jesus, that through this season of discernment, of, of asking, you know, where have you got me, God, that you've spoken, that you've opened this opportunity for Talia to study and to continue working at her workplace and providing for her. Um, thanks, God, that she is serving you so actively and that she's, you know, using her photography skills, using her creative skills, God, and, and using her incredible gift of, um, yeah, just caring for kids and loving kids, Jesus, um, so fully. And I thank you that, um, that she's an example of what it looks like to just live out faith in the realities of life. Um, I just want to remind us as a church of that promise um, and that, that incredible teaching last week as we looked at Hebrews together, that faith is living and acting as if what God has promised is true. And I thank you that Talia is living that out. Living out, yes, God, you have promised me things and I know that you are going to be faithful. And I thank you for all of us this morning as we've heard these stories, that God, you've no doubt been stirring within us a new faith, a new level of, yes, God, I want to live and act as if everything you've promised is true, that your love for me is, is there and is, you know, irresistible. And God, I just pray over each of us now that, um, that we would receive what you've imparted this morning that we would go away um, out of today into our picnic, into our week, God, refreshed from these stories, real reinvigorated by these stories, um, God. And, and would you just take any seeds you've been sowing today and just, just grow them into the next thing? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen.